What's up, y'all? This is John Lawrence with Anesthesia Guidebook. I'm really excited to bring you this episode on the future of healthcare with Dr. Naveen Goyle and Sakate Agrawal of Offer Health. This is episode 79 of Anesthesia Guidebook, and it's coming out on June 24th, 2022. This is probably one of the most interesting conversations I've had with contributors to this show. Naveen and Sakate are here to discuss what the future looks like or what it could look like for physicians in healthcare. They hit on something that's not talked about very much in medical school or residency programs or even around the OR amongst your colleagues, which is what more can you do as a physician anesthesiologist? What else is out there? Graduating from medical school and completing your residency is really just the beginning, or as Naveen puts it, it fills one particular bucket in your career. I often talk about that passing boards is when the starting gun goes off on your career. It's a new beginning. It's an amazing beginning for your clinical career, but there are other possibilities out there. And now more than ever, Naveen and Sakate want to share with you how physicians can engage in new ventures and roles, both in the healthcare sector and beyond, as a way to leverage the value you bring as a highly trained clinician. They unpack this story and create this invitation to look beyond your clinical practice through sharing the story of Offer Health and the path that they've been on as business partners. So let me tell you a little bit about each of them, and then we're going to get to it. Naveen Goyle is a physician anesthesiologist and co-founder of SmileMD, a mobile anesthesiology startup that is aiming to change the accessibility of anesthesia to small practices. He is also a co-founder of Loud Capital, a venture capital firm that provides financial support to early stage startups, as well as value added services such as business development and guidance in scaling sales operations. Naveen received his MD from the University of Cincinnati College of Medicine and trained in anesthesiology at the University of Chicago Medical Center. Sakate Agrawal is the CEO of Offer Health, a company that brings access to specialists closer to home by partnering with local dentists and medical offices to deliver specialized care. Sakate became CEO of Offer Health in 2016 after working for years in the technology space in Silicon Valley. Sakate graduated from The Ohio State University with training in computer science and engineering, earned his MBA in North Carolina, and worked in tech in San Francisco for nearly 10 years before SmileMD's mission drew him back to Columbus. So one of the contextual frameworks that we worked off in planning this discussion was physician anesthesiologist burnout. Naveen is going to share with you his own story of being over a decade into his clinical practice at a large academic medical center when he began to feel bored with the daily grind and started wondering what else was out there. We talked before we recorded this episode about the Medscape 2022 Physician Burnout and Depression Survey. Now, this is a survey that I've been following for several years, and I share and talk about it in talks at anesthesia conferences on wellness. Each year, Medscape surveys around 13 to 15,000 physicians across 29 specialties and reports data on burnout, what contributes to burnout, and then how to mitigate it. In their 2022 survey, they reported that 47% of physicians reported feeling burnout in the last year. And we certainly know that the pandemic has created an incredible degree of stress on everyone's lives, not just healthcare providers. And it has served as a huge lever or catalyst for individuals across sectors to reevaluate what they're doing and why. 
Physician anesthesiologists, along with CRNAs and other healthcare providers, are right in the middle of this cultural upheaval. And that's another reason why I'm so pumped to bring you this talk. Naveen and Sakait talk about what motivated them to create Offer Health and provide novel solutions, not only for patients in need, but for providers who are looking to shake things up in their own professional lives. You may remember back in episode 26, I spoke with Dr. Paul Samuels, a pediatric physician anesthesiologist, about mobile pediatric dental anesthesia. In that episode, he unpacked the nitty-gritty of what SmileMD is all about, which is an offer health company, along with the specific anesthesia considerations for practicing in mobile pediatric dental settings. So be sure to go check that episode out if you want to hear more about SmileMD and also about how to do pediatric dental anesthesia in mobile clinics and mobile offices. And then be sure to stay tuned for lots of amazing things coming your way on the podcast. I've got several more shows on the business of anesthesia headed your way in the coming weeks, along with one on the McLot mix for opioid-free anesthesia with Mr. Jason McLot himself, and a ton of more content that's in the editing phase right now. As always, I am stoked to hear from you. Thank you so much for those of you who have reached out through email, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even in person for all the SRNAs at the University of New England right here in Portland, Maine. I'm stoked to see the class of 2022 headed towards graduation along with the physician residents uh, at Maine Medical Center who are uh, wrapping up really in just a couple days. And then also the new classes, the CA1s, the interns, uh, the first year anesthesia students getting going in their programs. There is a lot of excited energy in the air and I'm pumped about it. And even more so, again, you know, looking at trainees, getting going, wrapping up training, all of that. Uh, this episode that you're about to listen to really just brings all of that into perspective as Naveen and Sakate look beyond clinical training to what else your career might entail, what else your career might look like, and what the future of healthcare will look like for physicians. So with that, let's get to the show. Tell me a little bit about what each of you do in your roles with Offer Health. Yeah, so I'm Naveen, and uh, I'm co-founder of SmileMD Offer Health back in 2014. I currently play the role of governing board and board member, as well as, you know, being a co-founder, you care about everything. So uh, very involved and very excited for what we're doing for the field of anesthesiology. Yeah, Takeda Agarwal here, uh, CEO of Offer Health. Um, I'm the, the business side of, of the equation of how do we operationalize and grow and scale and deliver this solution into the market. That's awesome. So tell me, uh, Sakate, tell me a little bit more about the specifics in terms of what Offer Health is doing. I know in the past I've had an interview uh, with Paul Samuels, a representative with SmileMD, which is one of your brands. But what else is Offer up to you? Yeah, Offer Health is a mission-based company focused on breaking down the barriers to healthcare. Really grown out of SmileMD, if you think of delivering anesthesia in dental offices and um, helping critical access to care and driving down wait times, drive times for patients, Offer Health is all about how do we promote and drive on-site care delivery uh, and be that last mile touch point for patients where access is not typically easy uh, to uh, engage with the healthcare system. And so Offer Health is really about population health and driving down the cost of care by meeting patients where they're at. And what are the specific ways? So SmileMD is one of your brands. Do you have other companies like that under the Offer Health umbrella? 
Yeah, and so we're building that out right now. So we have Offer Health parent company. We have Elite MD, which really is focused on, you know, we had a, a network of paramedics on our platform. During COVID, the state of Ohio came to us and asked us, how do we vaccinate these thousands of patients that are homebound? Um, instead of negotiating with each health system and each fire station and all these local communities, we had paramedics throughout the state. And so they came to us and said, can we leverage your platform to, to go manage all these patients since we're in all four corners of the state? And we said, let's, let's do it. Let's figure out how to use our logistical uh, framework. Let's use our clinical framework and we can put in policies and protocols for our paramedics on how to go and leverage them to go into these homes and vaccinate these patients. And so that's just a, a, an example of how Offer Health is going and meeting these patients where they're at. That's awesome. What's on the horizon for you? Where do you see Offer going in the future? Um, we're looking at uh, various aspects, right? So we have really strong relationships with large payers like uh, the Aetnas and the Blue Crosses of the world. And the idea is, where are their challenges? Uh, what are they seeing from their angle of um, hot topics and access, critical access issues? And then how can we leverage this platform we're building at Offer Health um, to go meet these patients where they're at? Um, there's patients that have a lot of issues uh, like CHF or diabetes and are utilizing the ED department, you know, overutilization in certain aspects. And they're going there because that's where they feel uh, most comfortable or where they can get access. But if we can start to meet these patients where they're at, we can start to have the conversation of what is it that you need? How can we help you manage your, your chronic conditions, et cetera? And so those are the next steps of, of Offer Health. We're looking at other aspects of how do we pair clinicians with patients in different settings. So meeting patients in primary care or FQHCs and bringing access to specialists. So, you know, women's access to care uh, in rural America. Uh, how do we bring OBGYN to them and meet these patients in their communities uh, so that they can have access to people um, there's, there's kind of these specialist deserts uh, throughout states and throughout the country that we're looking to, to kind of solve for. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, I just want uh, yeah, to, I just wanted to add one thing, yeah. which I think puts things in, in a framework is, is like, why are we qualified to do this? Uh, why are we having these conversations with the payers? Because as you know, the, the audience out here, I, I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot of anesthesiologists that, that listen to this um, can appreciate to start a company that takes care of children under general anesthesia in an office that could be hours away from a medical center, right? What does that take clinically with procedures and protocols? What does that take in planning? What does that take in supplies? Getting the equipment out there, temperature controlled meds, et cetera. Uh, what does it take with staffing? And so we have anesthesiologists, paramedics, nurses all working together, uh, coordinating with other office staff. So when you crack that code, which we're always uh, looking for room for improvement, but we've been doing this now for eight years, and we had uh, myself, an adult anesthesiologist, a cardiac anesthesiologist, and a peds anesthesiologist all co-found this company, you can imagine the, the crazy OCD and things that went through our head of, let's plan A through Z. And so now that we've been taking care of thousands of kids in multiple states, uh, we have, you know, really proven not only to the patients and the community, but to the payers and other healthcare systems that we are doing complex stuff uh, economically and efficiently. And so now that you're doing that as an anesthesiologist founded company, what more could you do? 
right? Just like anesthesiologists run operating rooms that manage various procedures, it would be silly just to stop there. And so all the planning, all the people, all the logistics, all the capital investment and time investment, how can we further nurture other industries and specialists to enable care in communities? And so I just wanted to make sure that background was given because, you know, us anesthesiologists don't like to brag much, but this is an opportunity for us to brag in our field about foundationally how we could really continue to be in charge of a lot of the reshaping of healthcare. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Naveen, it's really interesting because it kind of ties back into, you know, maybe the the thread of, of this particular show on provider wellness. I mean, your background is that of a physician anesthesiologist, but you have evolved your own career into kind of a multi-business platform. I mean, you've got a venture capital company that you're working with. You've got Offer Health, which has become a parent company to SmileMD. So, you have evolved your own uh, sense of purpose and vision and engagement in the healthcare arena in a lot of ways outside of just doing clinical anesthesia. So, talk a little bit about that. And I mean, because you're, you're, you're kind of bringing up this idea of like, there's opportunities for anesthesiologists to create some of these really interesting businesses and, and specifically what you're doing with Offer Health. But from a provider wellness, I mean, this has been part of your own personal journey as well to, to kind of reimagine your own career and what you're getting involved with. Yeah. So after training, I, I went straight into private practice and practiced for 13 years. And I was also a medical director for seven years of one of our hospitals. And doing so was grateful for the job. And, and after the learning curve, after a few years, you know, I started getting a little bored. And, you know, as we know, in medicine, boring is good, but boring is boring. Right. And so, you know, as an anesthesiologist, and I think a lot of people can relate out there, I would be in the operating room at a crazy time. Uh, uh, let's call it 2 a.m., and I had a very obese, sick patient in front of me, 450 pounder. Um, and so my empathy level was going lower and lower over time. I really had trouble relating to very sick patients that were coming in. Um, I took care of them. And after that, I didn't see them again. Or I just would have a feeling that, that hey, that was stressful. That was tough. On to the next one. I didn't feel like I was dent in the universe. And I think that does something for your mindset, your lack of fulfillment, etc. That in conjunction with adversity that everyone's dealing with when it comes to shortages of supplies, shortages of people, shortage of support, lack of respect, you, you know, you name it. Um, and then I had the opportunity to start SmileMD in 2014 alongside with some angel investments and companies I was getting exposed to. So I, I'm starting to lose the energy and, and the medical practice aspect. And I'm starting to gain energy and inspiration from entrepreneurs and problem solvers. And so I almost, you know, just got an opportunity to, to continue through that pathway. And so after starting SmileMD, a year later, I started a fund that would invest in, in companies like ours that were solving problems but needed capital to grow. And as I got more exposed and learned about that, I got very interested. And end of 2019, I ended up leaving my private practice, which I worked so hard to do, uh, to run Loud Capital full-time, which was the angel fund that turned into more of a company and a firm. And now we invest and build companies uh, really through the eyes of social entrepreneurship. So, so for-profit companies that have a you know, purposeful impact. And so Offer Health is a perfect example of a for-profit company. And now you know, we have investors and venture capital firms that have invested in us, but we are literally taking care of right now a lot of kids 
that are not being served by their local medical systems. And that's just scratching the surface. What else can we do? And so we invest in and build that. And so tying this all together for the physician community and the anesthesiologists, you know, I'm one person, but could there be more physicians and physician leaders who help influence positively healthcare companies and non-healthcare companies to just do better for people, right? Because physicians in general, we are highly trained folks who practice mainly clinical, but we also have a lot of knowledge and experience and more importantly, intention of doing good for people. So what more can we do for the world? And so the, the, everyone's talking about burnout, everyone's talking about the systems not serving them. So we're, we at Offer Health are trying to build a system that is relevant and people-friendly and sustainable. And then, you know, Loud Capital in general is trying to invest and create businesses that are also doing that. So. I'll stop there, but that's kind of how I see the evolution of physicians and physician leadership. Yeah, it's really interesting. Just to clarify for folks who are who are new to Offer Health, SmileMD, uh, Loud Capital, is there a direct link between Loud Capital and Offer Health? Or are these two, other than your engagement in them, are these two separate companies? Yeah, so I have uh, multiple partners in Loud Capital, and proudly uh, we had grown it to a, you know, be able to check off all the boxes for a loud capital investment. So loud capital from one of our funds invested early on and has been following on in multiple funds as an investor. So my loud capital partners um, are, are proud to be uh, investors in Offer Health. So that's, it, it is one big family. But again, when you're talking about an industry like healthcare and what Offer Health's doing, we can do that for other industries as well as how I see it. It's really just taking, let's call it, antiquated models or large systems that are so thick that are not able to serve the the people of today, right? right. What was built and what was well-intentioned has now become something that is hard for people like us to relate to. And it's time to either reshape, regrow something or, or do something else. And that's kind of how I see the opportunity for for a lot of people listening here. Right. And on that point in particular, I think to follow up on that thread of, you know, provider wellness, a lot of people are talking about burnout. So Offer Health, it sounds like it's trying to create a, a new model of engagement connecting providers and patients. So how can, I mean, is this a, is this a model that you would encourage other providers to, to do? Are you looking for people to get directly involved with Offer Health? I mean, from a provider wellness thread, uh, what's your recommendation for the healthcare providers who are listening? Yeah, absolutely. So Offer Health is here to provide that work-life balance. Uh, the whole platform is built around driving the best provider experience, right? Co-founded by three anesthesiologists. We are here to, quote unquote, Uberize clinical lifestyle. So where you take ownership over your lifestyle, you tell us when you're available and we'll connect you with that patient demand in your community. And so whether you want to work with us one day a month or 20 days a month or two days a week, we provide that avenue for you as an anesthesiologist to one, come onto our platform and have a pretty set schedule from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. is a typical day uh, for SmileMD shifts. Uh, two, it's going to be built around you. So when, when are you available? And three, you have this really large opportunity to start impacting patients in your community and giving back and and really make a difference. You should see the, the four-year-old child that was otherwise would have had to wait 12 months to get into the hospital system, get care within weeks because we've been able to pair their office up with an anesthesia care team. And so that's where Offer Health has come in and SmileMD has come in to really provide another avenue for anesthesiologists to provide care and really impact care in communities. 
Yeah, that's interesting. So, so Kate, right now is Offer Health just looking for physician anesthesiologists to come on board? Absolutely. We're growing uh, immensely. We're now in four states, Ohio, Illinois, Kentucky, and Tennessee. We're looking to expand into 15 states over the next 18 months. And so we're always looking for, for great anesthesiologists, looking for a change and wanting to impact communities and, and work on a platform like this. This also frees you up to do some of the other neat things that uh, you know physicians are capable of, such as what Naveen was just talking about. If you're interested in getting into business or venture or other ways to impact you can make an income off the offer help platform as well as go and start to, to dabble in other aspects of your life. Oh, that's interesting. So a little bit more just for the physician anesthesiologist who may be listening. So it sounds like offer health uh, essentially has clinical positions available at different kinds of contracts. And just to be clear, those are not just outpatient pediatric dental contracts, but I, I imagine you're in surgery centers or plastic surgery centers. I mean, what, what else, what other kind of outlets are you looking for people to join you with Offer Health? That's a great question. So we are definitely expanding into other avenues. Uh, right now we are mainly SmileMD, but there will be new opportunities. Stay tuned for that. That's great. That's great. And then Naveen, I would love to chat with you a little bit more about just this transition from the clinical medical background into business for healthcare providers. I think you have a really interesting story in that that's similar to, to many physicians who spend years, uh, a decade or more of their life accumulating this wealth of knowledge and clinical expertise. And then you get into your career, maybe you pay off your debt, and then you're looking at is this, is this all there is or, or, or what's next or where, where else can I derive meaning and not just like churning towards, you know, dumping money into a retirement account or looking towards the day that you can retire, but how to diversify your interest and then capitalize and leverage that, that medical training background. So you can talk a little bit more about that transition for healthcare providers and, and what they could maybe think about and how to expand their clinical practice into other domains. Yeah. Outside of actually being burned out, there's actually also uh, a huge interest in entrepreneurship and anything that has to do with venture or venture capital. It's, it's very interesting. They actually get a lot of inbound interest from undergrad, pre-meds, uh, medical students, residents, practicing physicians, uh, actually from around the world because you know our community is feeling very similar uh, from whatever culture you're in right now. Practicing medicine is a, um, a there's some similar adverse situations that everyone's dealing with. Again, the, the burnout and shortages and um, seeing other industries and people and, you know, gig economy or contractors be able to make a living off of various different jobs. And so to answer your question, that interest is very high right now. And I encourage people to continue thinking like that and say, why not me? Why am I you know, going to a coffee shop and I see all everyone on their laptop earning income and be able to learn new things and do different things. Um, but I, as a physician who, and, and to your point, have a lot of experience and wisdom in my head, I can't really spend that to earn a living or even grow myself, right? There's, so, the, so the structures have not been built yet. And so one thing I've been, obviously, I, I've bet my career on it to leave medicine and, and do all these things what we're doing. I also have been building and um, I have some things coming out that could be helpful for a lot of uh, physicians or anyone in the community. Number one, I did write a book about 
uh, my journey and my mindset shift in building businesses and what I think a lot of physicians and actually non-physicians can do for themselves to move forward. Uh, it's called Physician Underdog. It's on Amazon and, and various formats. That's a step that if people are looking for personal development, ways to kind of deal with some of these burnout issues, that's one aspect. Uh, another thing is a platform that's coming out in a few weeks called Beyond Physician. And so that is a, a platform for personal development to learn, earn, and grow. So uh, doing non-clinical work to earn capital, using different parts of your brain to uh, even do free things like mentorship or help medical students or help other you know, mentorship opportunities. Also, if you think about a resident, right? A resident is a very hardworking, underpaid, underappreciated piece of the puzzle of this whole community. So what if there's residents and even medical students who can earn capital uh, doing various things? Because you're still a very qualified person that really doesn't have an opportunity to earn income. So those are a couple of things I'm personally working on. But philosophically, it's everyone's ready to just start, you know, being able to use different parts of their brain. And it's, it's crazy how just because we went to in the specialty that's highly you know, we're, we're experts in our domain, it doesn't mean that we cannot contribute in other ways where we're not an expert. And that's where I see, I see a lot of lack of confidence uh, in my colleagues here. They're very well-proven, credible, uh, high achievers who are literally saving lives as we're doing this recording and yet won't have the confidence that a college undergrad has when there's an opportunity on their plate. And so it's just it's just breaking down those barriers that we've created ourselves and other people have created for us and, and getting everyone to move forward. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting concept overall. One of the themes that I try to talk to CRNA trainees about is that, you know, passing boards is not the finish line. And med students and residents kind of see it similarly that if I can just get through the point of passing boards and then you land your job and you get this fat paycheck and you're stoked, but that's not the finish line. You know, in many ways that really is when the gun goes off, right? That's the starting line to this career. And I think a lot of people don't think beyond their clinical training when they're in clinical training. Cause it's all, it's all, maybe you had a, a physician mentor or a CRNA mentor that really inspired you and fired you up. And so you're, you're just focusing on that clinical practice and getting that job as a physician anesthesiologist or a CRNA. And then when you're in that domain, I think what's interesting, the story that you're telling right now is that there's so many other opportunities out there that you can continue to grow, you can continue to learn and perhaps leverage a portion of your income into getting into some of these business opportunities as well, which is interesting. Yeah. And, and you know, when we were, um, I don't know if they still say that now, but what do you want to be when you grow up? I mean, if you reframe that question to say, what is your first job going to be? What do you want in oh, your first yeah. phase of right. life? To me, I, I mean, we, I was never asked that, but that's how I would ask someone right now. Well, and I have to tell you this story. So I was in the operating room the other day and it was uh, hardware removal on an 11 year old who was at a trampoline park and he broke his leg. So we're coming in, you know, nine, 10, 11 months later, and we're taking out some rods in his leg. And the physician anesthesiologist I was with, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. I haven't, I've not had the opportunity to cycle back with him, but I think you, both of you may be able to relate to this. He actually literally asked that question to this 11-year-old boy. He said, he leaned over, he said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Which may be the, the indication that he's not a PD anesthesiologist. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't think that's, I don't think that's like the best lead question. But then the next thing he said, it broke my heart. He said, don't be a physician. 
don't go to medical school. It's terrible. And I I couldn't help but wonder about what's going on in this guy's world that leads him to one, just feel that way, but then two, to you know, try to dissuade the next generation away from medicine. So it, I think it's so hard to catch people again at that early stage. I know, Naveen, you speak a lot to med students and, and residents, but to catch folks at that early stage in their life, how do you inspire them to look at a balance in their life where they can derive meaning? It's not just about the nine to five clinical drag. Yeah, it's to me, it's expectations. It's really just saying, uh, because you can imagine a lot of people ask me, so should I go to residency or should I not? Should I do this or should I do not? I'm like, I'm going to share an experience with you. If I'm talking to my younger self, I would say, hey, you're interested in this, pursue it. Just realize that that bucket will not be filled for the rest of your life. There's multiple buckets that many times people have not told us that even exist. I found out the hard way that I had a lot of other buckets that I needed to fill. And I was in my dream job. Like the job is great. It's me that changed. But um, it's just setting expectations that you're going to, if you pursue a physician pathway or any kind of, let's call it healthcare pathway, it's not going to be enough for you to continue to be happy because after your boards, after you get into your job, we are human and we always want problems to solve. We always want to learn new things. And a lot of times any job will not give you that. And so it's, it's just leveling expectations because I do feel it's still an amazing field. But again, the structure that most careers are going into is what's really burning out people. But that structure just needs to be reshaped or rebuilt. And that's what we're trying to do on the offer side. Yeah. And just to add on to that, right, to show you how committed we are to this vision, I actually sit on the board uh, at UNC, University of North Carolina, for the Center for the Business of Health, which is really focused on how do we educate these cross disciplines on the business aspects of healthcare and what does that look like? And so that's a partnership between the business school, the school of public health, the school of medicine, uh, the pharmacy school, and really getting them exposed. How do healthcare systems work? What does uh, pharmaceuticals work? How, what are, what are the motivations of all these various players within the healthcare system? How does data flow? Where are the roles of payers and insurance companies? And so it's how do we get this cross functional understanding for how when you go into the school of medicine or you go into the school of pharmacy how do you know how you plug into this larger picture and so this center of the uh, for the business of health is really novel uh, at university of north carolina looking to train the next generation up so that they do come in eyes wide open and not just only being shown a sliver of what healthcare is yeah i would love for you to talk a little bit more about that cicade i, I recently finished Marty Macquarie's book, The Price We Pay. And in that, I think, I forget the senator's name, but he talks about, there's a a physician senator uh, in the U.S. Senate who said, you know, physicians are trained in medicine, not in healthcare, which was really interesting to think about that, like, you know, we're trained to become really good clinicians, but we often don't understand the systems that have been built around us. So maybe maybe share a little bit about that because your background, Sakate, uh, is in is in business. I mean, you've got your MBA, you've worked in healthcare business for a long time. So, how do you create that context for clinicians to say there's a whole world out here that you need to learn about and, and how to engage not just in your clinical practice but in the business sense as well? Yeah, the first is just start the conversation, right? I mean, this concept of the Center for the Business of Health 
kicked off about four to five years ago at University of North Carolina with the dean from the business school saying, hey, healthcare has this massive opportunity to, to innovate. How do we start to build this partnership and this conversation between the physicians and the clinicians and all the various aspects? You know, we have Optum Health recruiting from University of North Carolina's business school. Okay, that's great. How do we now make sure that everyone in this ecosystem understands what Optum Health is really recruiting for and what does that look like, right? And so it's been a five-year effort to get this cross-collaboration, which has been amazing. I think they're on the forefront of what does this look like? And then I was actually just down there last week having this conversation about how do we engage physicians? It seems that people want more education. So now you're seeing a lot of MD, MBAs are doing asynchronous um, learning of business and other opportunities while they're going through med school and other aspects. And so I think this is the beginning. I think COVID has changed a lot. I think this next generation of students are more educated and, and have more access to information and kind of see what's happening in the world. And they're very mission focused. And so how do we take all of that to go drive this uh, vision of a future of healthcare that we believe needs to happen? How would you help physicians change the paradigm of the way they see their role in healthcare? I mean, we because we come up through medical school or anesthesia school for CRNAs, and you just kind of take for granted the culture and the environment that's around you, but it really requires a paradigm shift, not just in your clinical practice, but in the way that you see how you can engage as a clinician in the business side of healthcare. Yeah, I would say it, this isn't an easy, actionable item, but it's you need to see the rest of the world outside of your you know clinical practice and lens, because Again, I can compare myself before and right now. Before it was, hey, I see everyone. I see everyone working within this system. But just like we're doing for Opera Health, taking care of kids who don't have even access to the hospital in a, within a year that I was working in, okay, I never saw that. So I actually just saw, saw a full OR schedule and I saw full, you know, uh, just full days with add-ons. I'm like, oh man, we're doing a lot and everything. But I had no idea that the medical system I was working for and within was not even touching so many people in the community in the backyard. And that's not picking on one medical center. That's just picking on every industry and every system. And so it's for us to really try to find what is really going out there. And I'll tell you, talking to a lot of the non-clinical people um, and even, you know, seeing the business even through Sakai's eyes because he didn't have healthcare experience before was really interesting. And why, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And then me being out in a, a lot of worlds now, I can't tell you how limited my view was. Um, in fact, I probably learned what's called, in the whole pie, I've learned like 80% more by leaving the hospital and seeing it. Now, I know that's not practical for everyone to do, but just throwing that out there, that there's so much you do not see, so many problems that physicians can help solve that you also don't see. And it has nothing to do with the supply that day or what, why the ORs are this way or why we're getting, why this hospital is referring overnight or on weekends to your hospital, because that's the stuff we used to talk about. That's really just a micro problem of so many other things. So number one, just encouraging you to realize that there's so much more going out there that don't rely on your peers or even your executives at your hospital. Uh, go, go seek it yourself. And again, I'm trying to find ways to to provide that vehicle and to provide actionable items, um, but I'm just not there at the moment. 
Yeah, that's awesome though. It's that there's so much potential though. And I think you have a really inspiring story, the work that you've done. So you've got uh again, the resources that you mentioned are the physician underdog book that you've written that tells a little bit more about your story. And then you said this new platform. How's the platform gonna roll out beyond physician? What is, what is that going to be? It's a it's a website, it's an app. Yeah. It's it's a website um platform and eventually it'll be an app, but it's it's and it's for all uh medical students, um, residents, physicians. Uh, it'll probably be live in a, in a few weeks. So beyondphysician.com, it's, it's free to join and there'll be online courses eventually that you could take to uh, get yourself credentialed for opportunities. Um, and then even using your existing experience uh, and licenses, et cetera, to be able to get side gigs. And so there's a lot of people around the world and a lot of companies around the world who need physicians that we would love to serve again on a business aspect or even on a healthcare opinion, malpractice, you, you name it, where we don't, we aren't able to connect. And I guess what? There's a lot of other businesses and people that want physicians who they're not able to connect. And so it's really taking a centralized platform and community where both parties win. And that's the kind of stuff I, I get excited about. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And then, uh, so Kate, Offer Health right now is in, you said three states. Is that correct? Four states. Four states, excuse me. So give me the rundown. Uh, if, if, they're, if you're an anesthesiologist in these states, you can connect right now, but you're also obviously looking to grow. That's right. Yeah. If you're in Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, we're looking for you. We'd love to engage and pair you up with uh, community needs. That's awesome. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for sharing a little bit of your story. I think that it's a really interesting concept to look at, you know, where physicians are from their clinical background and then to pivot and to say, where can we, where can we take this in the business of healthcare and even other ventures? Naveen, as you're doing with Loud Capital, you're not just in, in healthcare with that venture capital business, but anything else that the, either of you would like to say before we sound off? Healthcare's changing. Uh, this is a real problem, physician burnout, our physician opportunity. And I think really looking to tackle and solve and deliver solutions is, is going to be the next wave of healthcare. And physicians and clinicians are going to be a major part of that. And yeah, I would love for people to connect with uh, UNC and the Center for Business of Health if there's a, if there's a way there for them to, to learn more about the business of healthcare. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just say, I think there's a lot of untapped potential in physicians, uh, not only in their clinical careers, but way beyond. I'm seeing that firsthand, and I'm actually getting involved firsthand. And I really want to expand that for all the physicians and residents out there. Um, and so, you know, keep your head up, because I know there's a lot of uh, the community that's down and dealing with a lot of adversity. But from the outside of medical systems, I can tell you, the respect and potential of physician is still very, very, very high. And it's really just cracking that code. So, so keep your head up and keep going. And uh, hopefully our worlds will collide in some way. That's awesome. Such a good message, Naveen. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, Sakate and Naveen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, John. I appreciate what you do. Hey, y'all. John here. If you're digging the show, will you take a couple of minutes and drop a review of Anesthesia Guidebook on Apple Podcasts? Your comments and ratings help other people trust the show. Also, send a link to the podcast to your classmates and colleagues. Word of mouth is the best way for Guidebook to grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.